Someone did say the sun is really shining. Someone did say the sun is really bright outside there, and we thank God for it. <laughs> okay, um, can we turn our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 10? Luke chapter 10, I think we, we had a break from Luke and because of the, the Easter celebrations, the Passion Conference and the, the Palm Sunday and then the Resurrection Sunday, now we're getting back to the book of Luke again and we want to pick it up from here. And are you glad we are back in Luke? I am glad. I hope you are glad too. Back in Luke. Right. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Praise God. Luke 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Someone say with me, it is time to make the excellent choice. Oh, can I hear you? Can I hear you? Say, it is time to make the excellent choice. Hallelujah. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much. You are God. There is none other than you. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. All power belongs to you. In your hand we rest. In you we find comfort. In you we find strength. In ourselves is no power. In ourselves is no strength. But in you, we are stronger, bolder, and victorious in every battle. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. This morning, Lord, speak to our hearts. Stir our hearts up. Challenge our hearts. May our lives never be the same again. Thank you. Hallelujah. As you help us make the excellent choice. Blessed be your name. Praise God. Amen. I'll tell you a story, a very quick one. A story that is very dear to my heart. I love this story so much. It's about a young boy during his GCE exams week. This boy had 
four exams papers to take. It was English, mathematics, geography, and general paper. And in that order. And he also take these papers between Monday and Thursday. So each day he took, he was to take one paper each day. Now, after the exams, he had a trip to make. That is, after the, the week after the exams, he had a trip to make. And drawing close, he's a week towards the exams. And because he wouldn't have much time to prepare for the trip that he had after the exams, he spent the whole week preparing for the trip going up and down, getting all that he needed for the trip. Then come Saturday, come Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, by Sunday evening, he was done. And then by Sunday night, he started getting ready for his English paper, which he had on Monday. So when he went, for the, when he went in to take the English paper, he could not do most of the questions, even though he could see that these were questions he could answer, but he couldn't do them. So, disappointed that he couldn't do the papers, when he came back into his dormitory, he decided, he, he said, no, he's sure that the, he, he could have, all the answers are in, his, are in his English book. So, he took his English book, and the whole night, the whole Monday night, he went through the, his notes, his English notes, answering those questions that he couldn't do in the exams room. So the next morning was mathematics. Then he went in. And remember, he spent the whole Monday evening looking through his English book to correct all the things he couldn't do in the English exams. So he went in Monday, sorry, went in on Tuesday, and the maths paper, again, he couldn't do them. But he was sure that his maths knows all the answers were in there. So he came back after the exams, Tuesday, took his math book, began to go through to check and correct or make all the correct. Now, now, the exams board that he was taking, he had the privilege of bringing the exam paper home because he answers in, the, in an answer book and then bring the exam paper back. So back in the, in the dormitory, he spent his time working through the math paper and he was sure and he said, that, yes, I knew I could do all these things. Right, so once again... He spent the whole Tuesday night going through the paper he had done in the morning. Right. So guess what? Wednesday comes, he has to take geography. Again, he goes to the geography exams and obviously he couldn't do it. So you would have expected that when he comes back the next day, you would have prepared for the other one. No, the same practice. And then on Wednesday night, the same practice. He goes through correcting the geography paper. Finally goes in Thursday for the general paper. And that also he couldn't do. Which he spent the Thursday evening correcting and going through. As much as this young boy's story sounds very, very ridiculous and far-fetched. It would... Surprise you that today, most people go through life doing exactly what this young boy did during his exams period. That is, he did not realize what was priority. He didn't know what to prioritize for his exam. He kept doing what was not needed. That is going through the paper after the exam. Instead of preparing for the one, the, instead of using the week to prepare for his exam, he was preparing for his trip. And when the exam, the, the evenings came to prepare for the morning's exam, he was rather going through what he's done already and could not do. God have mercy. So basically... He wasted two of the 
most precious resources that God has given every human being on earth. Or I would say, I'll put it this way. He wasted two of his greatest wealth during his exams week. Oftentimes, people think that their greatest wealth is either pounds, gold, land, buildings, or, you know, big cars, big companies that they've built. They think that those are their greatest wealth. But the greatest wealth of this young man and you and me today is not any of the things I have mentioned, but these two things, time and energy or put it differently time and strength time and the vitality the strength you feel in your bones time time is the greatest one of the greatest resource that god has blessed each and every one of us with with time we can get most things that is, if we learn to convert the time that God has given to us and also convert the, en the energy that God has blessed us with. With time, if you've got two hours, you can use that time to either, you know, feast your eyes on the TV or you can use the, those two hours to learn a skill. Let's say you, you, you do something with your hands. In two hours, you can build something. Two hours, you can craft something. Two hours you can get new knowledge, or two hours can be wasted. What we're talking about today has something to do with time, and that's the reason why I spent some time talking about it. But the most important thing I want to focus on today is the fact that oftentimes when we miss the timing, we also miss what is most important our lives are filled with many necessary things to do many necessary things to do and please take my word or watch my lips i'm saying necessary i am not saying unnecessary we have many necessary things to do but among the many Necessary things to do, there is the most necessary. There is always the most ne necessary. If you make two or three things that your most necessary, you've got a problem. There is always one necessary thing. Now, this brings us to the passage in front of us. Luke 10, 38 to 42. The, this very sh the passage is a very short narrative. And it goes straight to the point. So I'm not going to belabor the point at all. The point of this passage is very, very plain. And it is this. That God wants us to make... Sitting at his feet, our priority in life. Hallelujah. God wants us to make sitting at, at his feet our priority in life. Back to the text again. In Luke 13, 1038 it says that now it came to pass as they that they we are to understand is referring to Jesus and his disciples as they went he entered a certain village And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. Now, 
the verse 39 says, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Now look at the verse 42. In the verse 42, the passage is very, very short, and I'm not going to belabor the point. It goes straight to say that um, Mary had chosen that good part. Praise God. Mary had chosen that good part. What is the word good here? The word good is an, another word for the word good here is something that is useful, of beneficial, of profit, or excellent. So basically what he says here is this, that Mary has chosen that excellent part. And that excellent thing is sitting at the feet of the Lord. Sitting at the feet of the Lord. Now, here, if Jesus is the Son of God, if Jesus, as John makes us to understand, John 1 1 makes us to understand, come with me quickly if you don't mind. John 1 1. Where the Bible says that, he says, He, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. Praise God. Now verse 3. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 11. He says he came into his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13. Which were born of the blood, of, of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh. The word made flesh. The word made flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here, we are talking of none of none other but Jesus Christ, the Lord. So here we see the Lord, God Almighty incarnate. The incarnated God, human flesh, coming to visit these two sisters. Mary and Martha. And when he comes, when he comes, only one of them is able to sit at his feet to hear him. If the creator of the heavens, and if, we, if he's a creator, and we are his creatures, or, or we, are his, we, are his, we are his creation, and he's coming to our home. What is the obvious thing to do? But to find out what he has to say to us. If he's creator. And he's made you. And he's made me. Then we ought to listen to him. And that is the best thing that we can do. That's the excellent thing that we can do. To sit at his feet and to listen. It is very, very logical and it's very natural that the created will listen to the creator for guidance, for directions, and for what to do and for wisdom. The question is, why? 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 Why does Martha in this passage not sit down to listen? In the same way that Mary sits down to listen. Why is Martha not able to do that? Hmm. Praise God. Why? Why is Martha not able to do that? What is happening? Look at the verse... Praise God. Why? 
Martha, the scripture says, Martha, verse 40. It says, Martha was cumbered about much serving. Martha. He was cumbered about much serving. What does combat means? It means one to be too busy with something. To be too busy. So Martha was busy with stuff. What was, what, what was she busy with? She was busy with the preparations for Jesus. She was busy with the food. She was busy in the kitchen. She was busy with stuff. Busy trying to get things for Jesus. Again, what does combat mean? Combat also means to be distracted. To be distracted. She was distracted by these things. And again, it means to be off balance. So basically, she was off balance, and I'll come to that in a few moments. Martha was distracted. Martha was too busy. Does it mean, in the text, does it mean that Martha didn't love Jesus the way Mary loved Jesus? Is that what it means? That Martha loved the Lord more than Martha did? The answer is no. And if the answer is no, then it has a very strong message for you and me. Those of us who love the Lord. If Martha hated Jesus, just sorry, just one second. Let me correct this. The iPad is going to die. Somebody took the charger off. If Martha loves Jesus, then there is a strong message for us today. Praise God. To God be the glory. Okay. To say that to say that Martha did not love Jesus would be making a big mistake because one, she was the one that invited Jesus into the house. Hallelujah. She was the one that invited Jesus. It wasn't Mary who did it. It was Martha. She invited Jesus. Also, I like to stick to the book I'm looking at, but I guess for a sake of argument, just come with me to the book of John 11. I want to point something out in John 11. That in John 11, when Lazarus was sick, something happened here. It says, verse 1, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. 
It was that Mary which anointed the Lord, the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, him who thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now, Jesus loved who? Loved who? Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Okay? They were both loved by Jesus. He loved them. Martha was not one of the, the Martha, Martha is not the kind that she's often made to look like. And you know, she's, she's often made to look that, you know, oh, Martha, the busybody, Martha didn't love the Lord. And no, Martha loved the Lord. Martha loved Jesus. Hallelujah. Martha loved Jesus. He loved the Lord. So what happened here? What happened here was this. Martha's love for Jesus and wanting to please Jesus so much, so excited about the Lord coming to, to her home, actually inviting her, come in. And of course, Jesus was journeying with the, with the twelve. So inviting them home, I send a message, you know, I'm waiting for you, come over here. So they, 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 the 12 are coming in. And she's getting herself prepared and getting the, what would Jesus, what would, what would, what would, what would he like? What vegetables would he like? Um, what fish does he take? You know, go, going through all those things, trying to, trying to get the best to put on the table for Jesus. Her love for the Lord. But her love for the Lord, these many things that she wants to do for the Lord, she missed the one thing that was excellent at that particular time. So what am I saying here? That you could have love for the Lord, but then miss the most excellent choice that you need to make it is possible we can love the lord so much that we get involved in many many things and then miss the most excellent choice that we need to make which is to sit down at the feet of the lord and to hear him talk to us praise god the times that we live in calls for this practice. It calls for us to make this excellent choice. It calls for us to make this, this, this excellent choice. Why do I say that? I say that because, praise the Lord. I say that because, number one, Jesus Christ says here, he says, look at the verse 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part. Mary has chosen that good part. Christ, the, the, the Lord here says that the, the, the excellent choice to make, the excellent choice to make when he went into their home, when there were so many necessary things around them to do, the excellent choice was to sit at his feet and to hear him. Remember, the Lord is on his way to Jerusalem. He's not come on a, you know, on a five-day visit or something. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's passing through and invited him home. So all that the Lord required is just some, something very simple made. If Martha had made something very simple, they could all have sat down at the feet of the Lord. They could all have sat down at his feet.
I'm not finished. It is needful that we sit down at the feet of the master. Martha not being able to sit at the feet of the master, got herself all wrangled up, all tangled up, if I should say it that way. She got herself in, in a mess. Not being able to sit at the feet of the master, right? Which is the most necessary priority that she needed to make. Not being able to do that. She got herself all messed up. How? Watch this. Verse 40. Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Now watch this. This is not the first time Martha had met Jesus. Okay, you wonder, how does she have the guts to speak like that, to, to the Lord like that? But don't, but don't forget, they know him. They know him. They've been, I mean, they, they, they are friends with him. He loves them, and they know that. But the way she comes across here, Lord, does thou not, do you not have any care? That's the language here. Do you not, do you not have any concern? Doesn't it concern you? Lord, does it not concern you? Lord, this should concern you. That Martha, because you see, the picture I'm getting is this. Martha was in the kitchen, coming, was coming in and out of the kitchen, putting maybe, bringing one plate here, bringing another plate there, taking up the table, maybe bringing a, uh, a jug of water or maybe some um, juice or something, putting it on the, on the table, going back in. And, and all this while, Mary has sat down at Jesus' feet and listening and is giving no attention to her sister at all. And, you, and, the, and Martha alone is going up and down. Now tell me, if you are going up and down like that and you knew that this person can help you, what state would you be in? Upset or happy? Martha gets herself very, very frustrated. You could sense that Martha at this point is resenting the sister. Lord, do you have no concern that my sister has left me to serve alone? Obviously, I am very sure that Mary had done part. She obviously had done part. But when he got to a certain point, he had to stop and go and sit at the feet of Jesus to hear the Lord. But Martha still went on because the preparation was not over. Everything had to be excellent. Everything had to be, to be done well. And, and Martha was busy trying to sort those things out. So she finds herself in that state. And I must say, anytime that we allow the many necessary things in our lives to all crowd for our attention at the same time, that we are not able to distinguish what is the most what is the most proud thing or the most priority we're not able to identify that one priority which is the excellent choice that the master talks about here until we're not able to identify that we get ourselves in that resentment state we begin to re resent other people why because too many things too many things and when you get too busy when you get 
I'm not saying being busy is bad, but I'm talking about too busy. That everything is just crying for your attention. You've got deadlines to meet. You've got these house chores to do. You've got Mr. So-and-so to meet. You've got that thing to iron. You've got those things to do. You've got that to respond to. You've got, a, you've got a thousand and one things to, to respond to. And they all are priorities. They all are necessary. There's necessary thing. I am talking about life's necessities. Not things that are not unimportant. I'm talking about life's necessities. Things that are necessary. But among the things that are necessary in life to do, the Lord is saying to us here in Luke chapter 10 that there is the most necessary to be done. And that is sitting at his feet to learn. But why is this important though? Why is this important? It's important because the wisdom that we need to live, the wisdom that we need to live comes from learning from the, the Lord. Hey, let me point something out to you before I go on. You see, Martha, the name Martha appears about Four times in this short passage, this five, this five verses, the name Martha appears about four times, but technically it appears five times if we add the, if we add verse 39 to it, and she had a sister, right? If we, if, if, if the she refers to Martha, then we have her appearing about, now, what does Martha mean? Martha means lady. Another, another meaning is, for for Martha is mistress. And by mistress, there are two meanings for mistress. I mean the first one. I don't mean the second one. Mistress as in meaning a governess, someone in charge, a woman in charge of a convent, a teacher, someone who instructs other people. Someone who gives command. Someone who has command over her household. Someone who was in charge. Now it's very, very interesting here that she is the one in charge. Her name is Martha. She's the one in charge. And actually she's the one in charge of the home. And her, and her name is Martha. She's the instructor in the home. But what the Lord is telling us here is this. Martha before you can learn to instruct properly, you need to learn to sit at my feet to learn how to instruct. So you may be in charge of some things in your life. You may be in charge of your home. You may be in charge of something. You may be in charge of whatever. What the Lord is saying to us today is that you must learn. If you're going to be an instructor, if you're going to be in charge of anything, you must learn to sit at my feet. Why? Again, I ask the question, why do I say so? Come with me to Psalm 19 verse 7, please. Psalm 19 verse 7. In Psalm 19 verse 7, the Bible says this. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It makes wise the simple. The testimony of God or the law of God, it makes the, 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 it makes the simple person wise. So we learn wisdom by sitting at the Lord's feet. Again, Psalm 119 verse 11, which we read earlier on. It says that, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against you. You see, the word of God is the thing that will keep us from sinning against God. Is the word of God. Is, what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. That is basically the standard that God has set for you and me. Is the word of God that will keep us away from not missing that mark. There is a way that God wants you to live your life. I'm talking about sin. Sin is missing the mark. Okay? Forget about the morality issue. I'm, I am talking about missing the mark. There's a mark. There's a standard that which God wants you to live. If you miss that standard, it is sin. The reason why I'm pushing it that, that way is because 
Society may have nothing, may see nothing wrong with whatever you're doing, but between you and God, you know it is wrong. And that's the most important thing. So, missing the mark, whatever standard that God has for you, or, ha or God has, when you miss that mark, it's called sin. And what is evil? Evil is anything that stands against God. Evil is not a person sits, sitting somewhere in the, in the north controlling some button. Evil is just basically going against God. That's evil. But the word of God will keep us away from it. Hey, what does Christ do in Luke chapter 4? In Luke chapter, chapter 4, when the enemy, when, when Satan came against Christ to tempt him, what did he say? He said, hey, it is written. It is written. It is written. Christ overcame the enemy by the truth, by the word of God. And if we're also going to be, to over, to be overcomers, and especially in the time that we're living, if, we, if, if we're going to be overcomers, we also need the word of God. We need to learn from God. We need, we need to sit at the feet of the Lord and to learn. Now, if there's anything that we need so much to learn in this age or in this particular time that we're living, it is this excellent to make to make this excellent choice of learning to sit at the feet of the Lord and to learn from him. I'll tell you a story. A professor came into the class one day with a big jar. A big jar, glass jar, big one. And he had some stones around he came to teach time management, right? So he brought this big jar. He said, and then he's, he, the student didn't know what he was doing, but he put the stones in the jar to full capacity. Big, big stones, put them in. And then he had some pebbles. Actually, he asked this class, is, is the jar full? Because he was literally today. Up. Is, it, is the jar full? So they said, yes, the jar is full. I said, okay. And then he took the little pebbles and then he tried to pour them into the jar and then he shook it and they all went in. And then he asked them again, is the jar full? Now they didn't know what to say because earlier on they said it was full and he was still able to put more in, the pebbles in. So he asked them, is it full? They didn't know what to say. What did he do next? He took sand. He said, can, they, can I pour the sand in? And they were not too sure. He said, okay, he poured. And the sand also went in. And they said, is it full? But now they've been disproved, so they didn't know what to say. Then he took water and poured water in until he came, it was, he came to the top. And then he closed it. And then he asked someone, what is what does this thing shows you? What does, then he actually he actually said, This jar is your life. So what lesson do you learn from what I've just demo, demonstrated? One of the bold bolder students lifted up his hands and said, Yeah. And then he said, No matter how busy you are in life, you can still push more things into your life to do and the professor said wrong answer wrong you missed the whole point of what I'm trying to share, tell you and the professor said the point of the filling of the jar is this that if I had put the sand in first if the sand had gone in first nothing the stone, the big, big stones would not have been able to fit in. So the bigger stones had to go in first. When the big stones go in first, then the other bits can, you know, perch by themselves, go into the corners. And that's how we were able to get everything to fit in to the jar. So what does it say to us? What is the message here? The message is this. 
in life, there is the most necessary thing to do. There is the most necessary thing to do. There is the topmost priority in life. And until when you fill your life with the topmost priority, If you begin to fill your life with the other bits, the topmost, not the big heavy, heavy stones, the topmost priority will have no place. It will have no place. And when the topmost priority have no place, you see, what is, what is your topmost priority have, has no place, you are going to live an unfulfilled life. You will be miserable you will be frustrated. You will resent people. And your resentment will not be because anyone has done anything wrong to you. But it's because you have misplaced the topmost priority with other things. There is always the topmost necessity in life. The topmost necessity in, in life. If you don't put that one in first... And you put all the other necessities around inside your life, there will be no place for the topmost necessity, which is sitting at the feet of the Lord to learn from Him. Am I making my point? That the topmost priority, the topmost necessity, there are many necessary things in our lives, many things that are necessary. And hear me, mark my lips. They are necessary, but there is the topmost necessity. And that must be given first place. It's only when that goes in first that we experience fulfillment. The wisdom of God comes and the strength of God comes. Secondly, secondly, in 1 Peter 2.2, 2, we understand that it is only by sitting at the feet of the Lord that we are able to grow spiritually. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says that as newborn babes, right? 1 Peter 2.2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That you may grow thereby. So without sitting at the feet of the Lord, your spiritual growth will be stunted. That is, you will be a spiritual kwashioko. You will not be able to grow properly. You have a big tummy with little, little limbs and a big head. You will be odd. You will be disfigured. Actually, your shape will be abnormal. You will be ugly. That's the actual description. You will be ugly. But God created you in his image to look good. But spiritually, you will be ugly. You speak and it smells. You say things and people can't stand you. You, you are so nasty. But God Almighty is, is merciful. Hallelujah. He has a plan for you that you will sit at his feet and learn from him. And he will change you on the inside. You will grow spiritually. You will mature. You will be strong to conquer your own battles. Hallelujah. You wouldn't need to run after people to lay hands on you, to pray for you. You will be able, you know, to live a victorious Christian life. We have so many mothers and fathers in nappies in the Christian church today. Why? Because people are not making this excellent choice of sitting down at the Lord's feet to learn from him. We've also become, it also makes us very blind. You know, I'm not sure about you. I'm not sure about you. We may not, you see, we may not know categorically what our God is doing in, the, in this time. That is, what I mean is, you may, we may not have it in black and white, but we have a sense of what is happening. 
a sense in our inner man, a sense in, in our spirit of what God is up to, what God is doing. And then sometimes he will paint it black and white for you. But you see, it is only when we are sensitive, and mark my words, sensitive to God. Sensitive to, to God. Only when we are sensitive to God are we able to glean some of these things from the Lord. Praise God. Don't forget, in Christ, we are in union. We are in fellowship with God. And when we sit at the feet of, of the Lord, oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Think about this. Imagine you sitting at the feet of the creator God. Heaven and the maker of heaven and earth sitting at his feet and hearing from him. Imagine that. I mean, picture it, don't just hear it. Have a mental picture of that. You sitting at his feet and him teaching you. Him communicating truth to your heart. Think about that. Hallelujah. What a wonderful day that would be. And now, guess what? We have the Lord in his word before us. We have the whole word of the Lord before us. The word of God before us. We have it in print before us. So, you, oh, how I wish. Someone will say, how I wish I was in the house of Mary and Martha that day. Ah, Martha, why did you do that? How I wish I was there. I would, have been, I would have been sitting on Mary's lap looking at Jesus' face. Now, you have the word of God. Some of you is under your pillow. Some of you is in your pocket. Wherever you go, the word of God is in your pocket because you put a Bible up on your, on your phone, but you're not reading it. The, you've, you've got iPad, you've got uh, me pad, you've got Lexipad, you've got uh, whatever phone, iPhone, XZ, uh, you've got it all. Meanwhile, you take no time to sit at the Lord's feet to hear him. Resentment will not leave you. Frustration will not leave you. Unfulfillment will not leave you, and wonderment will not leave you. You always be wondering what's happening. What is happening? Why do I say that as you sit at the Lord's feet, you will grow in sensitivity to what the Lord is saying? I'll show you something. Come with me to John chapter 12. I think I'll end. I'll just probably just wrap up on this one. John chapter 12. In John 12, 1 to 8. Please, quickly. Why do I say this? You see. What Mary does here, okay, what Mary does here, let's not think that Mary just did it just here, okay? And uh, that, that was Mary's attitude. That was his character. She just loved to sit at the Lord's feet. Come with me. Chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover came then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, right? Whom he raised from the dead. There, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But, but, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then, now, now watch this, now watch this, verse 3. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment then guess what Judas self-righteous says that Simon which should betray Jesus verse 5 why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the, to, the, to the poor? And then Luke says, commentary, this he said, not that he cared for the poor. He didn't. But because he was a thief. 
and had a bag and bear what was put therein. You see, so Jesus had a thief in among his people. You see, so the fact that, you see, sometimes people wonder, how could such a powerful person have a thief around them? Well, he's a, he was a thief. So, watch out. If you're a thief in any holy com company, don't deceive yourself that, well, I'm a thief, I'm in this holy company, and no one is seen it, so I'll, so I'll still make it. I'm the Lord's choice. Watch out. It's a dangerous ground. Repent and be saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. But my point is this. The verse 7. When he said that, Jesus Christ replied in the verse 7 and said, Let her alone against the day of my burial has she kept this. Whoa. What does that mean? What Christ is saying this. What Mary did, she might not even have known. Prompted to do something, and she did. And Christ said, what she did, it was against my burial. Prophetic. Very sensitive. Why? Because she's always finding herself at the feet of the Lord, learning from him. So as we find ourselves at the feet of the Lord, as we, as, as we find ourselves at this place, we will become sensitive to the Lord and we will be able, you know, to, to, to move in the direction that God would want us to. We'll be able to, be, to become prophetic people. I'm not saying you become a prophet, but I'm saying become prophetic people. That is people who move when God desires us to move or when God desires us to sit. Praise God. That is we move at what God's wills to be done. Praise God. Other than that, we will not know and we will be living in wonderment. And Christians and non-believers, the same. But God deliver us from such. Amen. Praise God. You see, when you are able to sit at the feet of the Lord, it also puts all life's pressures in proper perspective. Because, hey, Let's face it, pressures do come. And we all have it. And when they come, sometimes you can't tell that this one means death, that this one means life, that this one means destruction. When those things come, you're able to put them in proper perspective. Why? Because you have put the rocks inside first, you've laid the foundation. They're making all the making the excellent choice of sitting at the feet of the Lord. Let me quickly just end with this. I think I've made my point, and the point is that God wants us to make the excellent choice. Tell someone, make the excellent choice. And, and that means sitting at the feet of the Lord to learn from Him. Now, practically, how do we do this? I just want to suggest a few things. Practically, how do we do this? How do we do this? Practically. Let me just end with this. For starters, Martha comes in blaming Mary. Lord. Or, or even accusing, accusing the Lord. Lord, do you have no concern? Because I know you. You will not tolerate this. Okay? And besides, and besides, besides for our, for our, for our information, the posture of Mary, as described by Luke here, is, uh, is the posture of a disciple. Women oftentimes will listen, will be in the synagogue, and they will sit, sit, sit down, and they will listen to lectures in the, in the synagogue, and... Once in a blue moon, a rabbi probably will allow a woman to, you know, to, to attend some of their teachings. And, but for a woman to sit at the feet of a teacher is a symbol or is a, is a posture of, for disciples alone. And that's the way Luke presents Mary here. That Mary had the posture of a disciple of Jesus. Now, if you're a disciple of Jesus, what are you training for? To become a, a rabbi, it didn't happen in, in those times. 
in those ancient times? No. But now there are many female rabbis among the Jewish people. Now, now there are. But in those times, it wasn't. So what Christ allowed here, Christ was basically saying, that distinction that you have, only men can become rabbis, I don't see it. Women can also study. Praise God. They can also study. They can also study. So, what are we saying here? Martha, like Martha, okay? We, we, we don't hear the response of Martha. But I want to believe, as, as she loved the, the Lord, when the Lord rebuked her very gently, I'm sure she took it at heart. Sorry, she took it to heart and changed. I, I believe so. But what, what, but what can we learn from here? What we can learn from here is this. Number one, let's stop blaming other people for our resentment, for our frustrations, and for our unfulfillment. Let's stop it. Let's stop blaming people. As if they are the ones causing all those problems. No, it, it is us. Take the take responsibility. Stand in your own mirror, in your bedroom, and say, you know, me, you, me, you. I am responsible for my spiritual growth. I am responsible for the reason why I'm not growing in the Christian race. I have been in it for 10 good years. I'm still a baby in nappies and diapers. And every day, my, my mother is coming to wipe my bum and all that. I mean, my spiritual mother and my spiritual father is wiping my, my, my bum. It's about time I grow up and leave the diapers. So, I, I take re responsibility and now I'm going to change. Praise God. And now, another thing you, we, we need to do practically is to, you know what, to begin to make this excellent choice besides not blaming others but taking the blame on yourself and um, speaking to yourself, you also have to hide that black thing, that little black thing in most homes. It's a very black thing. It got, it's got numbers on it. Hide it. It's called remote control. Hide it. Hide it so that you can create time, you can create time to sit at the feet of the master. Hide it. Okay? Because the average person just sits there and watches TV. Sometimes 21 hours a day out of 24. What is wrong with you? God, there are many things in life, there are many things in life that you need to do, res res respond to. No wonder you are not, if you're sitting there watching TV, 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 one movie after the other, one game after, after the other. No wonder your life is full of resentment and frustration and misery and unfulfilled. Begin. Hide a remote for one hour. Let someone to take it away. Take your Bible. Take a notebook and a pen or whatever pad or note or whatever you use. And sit down and say, God, I'm ready. Teach me. Teach me. I want to learn. I want to study. Praise God. I want to learn. Amen. And pick a Bible book. Okay? So choose. I'm going to start on this day. I'm going to do it maybe in the morning when everyone is asleep. I'll wake up 30 minutes early and I will do this. Or maybe 30 minutes, 15 minutes, one hour. Whatever time is best for you to start off with. Choose that time. If it's early in the morning, no TV, no news, just sit down. Read your Bible. Study it. God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying here? If you find instructions, follow it. You find a prayer, pray it. You find something to do, do it. And make notes and write those things down. It is those, those as you are doing that, you are storing wisdom. You are building a faith. You are, com you, are learning, you, you are learning communion with God Almighty. And he will surprise you. And the next time you face those adversities of life, you realize that actually you are prepared to face them. And the wisdom of God will begin to now work within you. Hallelujah. Praise God. God wants us to understand that in life there are necessities. Very necessary things to do. But the topmost necessity is for us to learn 
to sit at his feet and to learn and to commune with him. To gain wisdom and to become prophetic people. Hallelujah. You need to make the excellent choice. Excellent choice. Father, we thank you. Wherever you are, I just want to bring this to a close. I've made my point, and I, want you, I just want to close. That God wants us to make the excellent choice. And the excellent choice is sitting at the feet of the Lord to hear him from the Bible. Open the book. Pick up a book. Maybe, maybe the book of Matthew or John. Start from there, from, from chapter 1, verse 1, and begin to read. Wherever you get to, make a point. I mean, mark it. That to be continued the next time you are back there. And just go on. I won't label I won't charge you with any chapter or anything. Just read. As much as we can read. And wherever you, wherever you reach, just mark it. And then continue next time. That we need to break the habit of, you know, allowing other necessities to, to tyrannize us, you know. Don't allow those other things to, to bully you. And you see, if I don't do this thing, my family is coming, they will see that I've not done it well. Don't allow family pressure to bully you. If you haven't put 